after your first day of going to therapy, mm-hmm. how did you feel? Um, you know, I had mixed emotions because you you therapy creates the opportunity for you to look at areas that you don't normally agree to look at. And that's scary. And you're making a commitment to talk about these things and implement change, right? So my first day of therapy, I, I had a list. I'm like, let me maximize this time. Let me. Get you had this. a list that you walked in with? In my mind. Mm. I was like, let me hit these bullet points that I know ain't working. <laughs> I know something ain't right there. <laughs> so I, I poured out. I'm like, okay, let's get this, you know. So at least you're self-aware? I'm very self-aware. I Yes, absolutely. I can identify what's going on. <laughs> but change. <laughs> That that is something, and so that's the challenge. Absolutely, at least you know what it is, but the process of fixing it is where you struggle with. Yeah, that's that's where your will come in. <laughs> we put porn to shame. <laughs> the womb isn't just about where I give Talk birth to about babies. It. The Talk. womb is about where we give birth to perfect. Talk. I was basically all of her nevers. I never imagined my journey would inspire people all over the world. You have set a standard in love i was dating a young lady who helped me heal wow this woman is a ride or die the conversations have really helped me to change my perspective on relationships i had 19 attorneys at one time that were speaking into my ear 19 19 attorneys attorneys. my 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 last relationship you know it did a number on me what you did not know is i had a whole little situation lined up that evening your transparency is literally setting people free and you're unique. You ain't like nobody else. I, I noticed that right away. You can make me cry. <laughs> um, thank you. I received that. Let one of them Barbie doll bodies walk over here. He gonna say, dear future wifey. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They gonna go right in that box. I'm Latarisar Whitfield, and welcome to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. I'm your host, Latarius R. Whitfield. Man. These episodes have been so amazing, been blessing my life, been encouraging me, um, and I've been reading every DM that y'all have been sending. But listen, before we get started, are you still shacking up with us? I looked at the analytics, y'all. 72% of the people have not even subscribed. I think y'all deal with some commitment issues. And those that are faith and believe in God for a husband or wife, come on, you can do this first step of getting there and making a commitment. But listen, um, thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Those that watch us on Apple Podcasts, make sure that you leave a review. I want everybody who is listening to this on Apple Podcasts today, stop, pause the video or pause the audio and just leave a review, rate it five stars, because what that does is allow us to keep trending on Apple Podcasts and even on Spotify or other uh, sites that you listen to us on. If they allow you to leave a review, leave a review and rate it. Uh, we are top 10 on Apple Podcasts, United States, number one, and and Kenya, and you got there's a lot of countries I've never even stepped foot in. We're in the top 10%. So I thank y'all so much for rocking with me as we heal together and do this journey called life. So I've been knowing this woman for about about a year now, and uh, we've been chopping it up throughout the year, trying to find the appropriate time to have on the podcast. Uh, I know a lot of y'all have seen her videos, laughed at her videos and whatnot. Uh, but today we're gonna have fun. 
Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. My homie, Whitney Davis. What's going on, girl? What up, though? <laughs> <laughs> so listen, uh, we, you and I have been talking, and uh, your claim to fame is these videos, talking about your single life, putting yourself out there as a Christian, trying to date, trying to flirt. Uh, I find those videos absolutely hilarious. And so when thinking about the title for this episode, mm. we're going to call this episode Single Life is Funny. I'm here for it. <laughs> I am here for it. Do you think single life is funny? I do. I do think it's a lot of nuances that are funny just being single. You posted a video one day, and in the video you were talking about like listening to your uh, your uh, neighbors. Uh-huh. You know, oh. your neighbors got kids. Another video you said your neighbors are fornicating. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Them, them moments are, and a lot of people's like, how you know they fornicating? Well, I don't think they married. <laughs> no judgment, but hey. And then I say, you know, it, it don't matter if they married or not. It, it's the same noises, I would I would believe. <laughs> the noise is the same if you're married, if you're single. Probably. Maybe more passionate. Ma- no. Nah. Nah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but all you're saying is that those noises are annoying when you hear them. For sure. <laughs> Definitely. So a lot of your comedy is is based on real life. Uh, in what, a what way, percentage? I would say about maybe seventy. So let me ask you this: So when you talk about like you being awkward flirting, is mm-hmm. that accurate? So in real life, I'm very chill. So you don't flirt? Uh, I do. It might. It don't land. That's why I get the. So it depends on the guy. If he if he's athletic or sports, I'm I'm in there because really? I got oh for sure you got you got database to to pull from that part yeah. But if he's a doctor, <laughs> how would you flirt? Here you go. I'm a doctor. Flirt with me. You know, um, what's going on? I'm, I'm great. Nice. Uh, you went to school a long time, huh? I, I did. I did. So you smart? Well, I I would like to think so. Me too. Me too. Uh, and so that, you know, that's that's pretty much, that would be my aggressive way <laughs> to let him know, hey, you know, minus the body language, depending on how good looking you look. I'm like, eesh. So. That's how, that's how you flirt with a doctor? Probably. All right, so I play basketball. I play, I play in the NBA. Okay. And, and I'm somebody that's known. Like everybody, they they see my face. I'm like that dude. Uh-huh. Would you actually flirt with me? You, you and say we're out in public. Let's say just some occasion that we were at an event together. Okay. And I walked up to you uh-huh. and I said, and you were doing your stand up or whatnot or hosting a an event. Mm-hmm. And I go, just witty man. Let me tell you something. I watch your videos all the time. You're absolutely hilarious. First, I'll say thank you, because that's a really nice compliment. Um, honestly, with Hoopers, I... I no say, role play. Talk. Oh, okay. We're so, we in this moment. We're in here now. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> You're absolutely beautiful. You know, I, I checked out your last game. You you went off. Yeah, yeah. You know, I try to do what I, I can do and whatnot. Yeah, you you um, you um play defense really well. You're a hard, hard worker. I would imagine, you know, in other areas of your life, you know, you might work kind of hard. That, <laughs> Oh, wow, that could be taken. <laughs> Eesh. 
meaning um, integrity, right? No, I mean, I mean, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah. I, I kind of like what you just said just there. Okay, and a guy would too. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, it's just kind of. <laughs> but so, out the so, you, so you will flirt and uh-huh. say something like that and not be uncomfortable. But you said something that has like a sexual innuendo to it. You know, it's really interesting. People, people who know me, because I'm very creative with language. <laughs> So sometimes when I do talk, it can be either way. Yeah. And in college, I went to Stony Brook. Uh, they used to say pause. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Anytime you say something that's homophobic or something, or homo. Or it could be taken either way. Yeah. So that was my introduction or introduction to pause. So so my intention is never to go there, but sometimes it just go there. And then I have to reel it back if, and depending on the guy too, he might not even, and I'd be like, okay, well, TTD. So you tell me you said some stuff like that to a guy and he didn't jump on it? Just just joking where you said a sexual innuendo and he just kind of just looked at you, didn't? You know, my my conversation is usually not sexual, right? So when things can be taken that way, and if it is, then I kind of slowly get, bring get, it back. Bring it back around. Yeah, guys, usually we... If we talk about sports or uh, life, I usually talk about like purpose with guys. I'm kind of like a counselor in a way. <laughs> I'm a good listener. So when guys feel safe, they talk to me. Yeah. And so I, you know, listen. So um, if it does go that direction, I try to you know, reel it back because we ain't going that route. <laughs> You're not going that route. Why? We're not going that route. Um, I haven't actually. I haven't said this publicly. I know, I know you haven't. Do you want to say it? Check you out. I'm not ashamed. We'll talk about it. So so I am a virgin, right? Um, I am 32 years old. And um, my content, people say, is pure and um, got a lot of, what, what other words, wholesome. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Um, Honestly, it's not intentional. It's just who I am. Exactly. And so um, being a a virgin my age, it doesn't associate it to purity. It doesn't associate it to, um, and I want to say this because being a virgin so long, people just think or assume about you, right? Yeah. And so even with, I remember when I hadn't experienced nothing. I had a pride about myself. Like, you know, I can't relate. Yeah. You can overcome that. What? <laughs> You're struggling? Come on to Jesus. Jesus can cover you. Set everything. you free. Yeah, but but then when, you know, you experience some things, you're like, whoa, okay. I understand what the flesh talking about. Exactly. And I understand how I need the Holy Spirit to, you know, navigate my actions because I'm regular human. Yeah. You know? And so um, I usually don't even mention that to guys because we don't get we don't get there. We we form other type of things in life, you know. So. Did you say we form other type of things in life? Yeah, meaning Ex- like explain di- that. different spaces, like you know. Um, I'm talking about guys that you're dating. I ain't talking about just platonic friends. Oh, I guess that's the part a- the dating. I forgot the dating part. Single. It's it's the nuances for me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so you, you become friends with somebody, right? Yeah. You get to know them as a friend. Everybody defines friend different. Yes. You know, um, friend for some could be sharing intimate information. 
friend for some could be I could depend on you. You know, you define it however you want. And then if both parties decide, because that's a thing, <laughs> you just be walking along with somebody like, he, 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 they like me. Then <laughs> you'd be like, you like me like that? Nope. <laughs> Ghost. Jesus. <laughs> nope. Yeah, so so it's that part, right? So I ain't really made it past. <laughs> I ain't made it past that for a minute. Single life is funny. Yeah, it really is. And so I would imagine when you get to um, commitment, you know, then you figure out what that looks like. And I think society oftentimes tells you what supposed, stuff is supposed to look like. Right. You know, I like you. Let's start yeah. flirting, dating, getting married. Yeah. What about the details? Yeah. And so that's kind of what my comedy... Um, Steers towards because I'm I'm very detail oriented. So when you think about the details, <laughs> let's unpack that. So you okay. said the details of courtship. We're gonna mm -hmm. use the word courtship. Uh, beautiful. Yeah, because you start <laughs> off you start off as a friend, uh -huh. and then you said that there's the details of it. The uh -huh. details y'all start talking to each other all the time. Mm -hmm. um, hopefully, start sharing intimate moments with each other, talking about stuff that you rarely share with people. Mm -hmm. And then what do you feel like is the proper transition from friend to intentionality uh, of dating? That's a good question. That's what you're still trying to figure out. I, question mark. <laughs> you know, but, but even going to friendship, um, everybody defines that different, right? Mm -hmm. So even with becoming friends with somebody, you have to be friends with yourself first. They go to counselor. Go ahead, right? counselor. Yeah, so it's like pursuing um, wholeness within yourself first. So I can be secure with you because I'm secure with myself. Yes. Right? And I feel like that part gets tricky, especially social media. You present something, then it's like, well, people really like the real me. Mm. Do I like the real me? Mm. You know, um, will I show up for myself and, and um, fight for myself enough to be worth it to to demand how I want to be loved, express things, you know, that I desire? And and so with friendship, that that can be interesting. Right. So been building a, a foundation that's um, healthy for both parties is huge. And that's friendship for me. You know, and so people be like, oh, I need to be in a relationship. Ain't friendship a relationship? It's a ship at the end of it. It's a ship. And yeah, so I ain't got past that little, um, <laughs> I tried to hop out one time. I said, you know, you show, this one guy, he's showing a lot of signs he liked me. I said, whoa, he must like me. Checking in with my homeboys, like, do this check off? They like, yeah, he like you. So I asked him, he like, no. He was like, maybe we can collab, you know, creatively. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy out here. So, so how long did that process last from the day that y'all met to the day that you asked the question, does he like you like that? Mm -hmm. um, social media get tricky, right? Somebody yeah. could be following you for a while, feel like yeah. they know you. Yeah. So yeah. I can't count it from there because we ain't talk. <laughs> People feel like they got insight. So in the DMs. Um, yeah, so yeah. probably like a month after after meeting. FaceTime. Oh, y'all met face to face. Yeah. So y'all met face to face and um y'all live in the same city? Mm-mm. So y'all so the person flew out to meet you? No, not to meet me. Uh each so he, okay, he flew out <laughs> to do something in, in, in the city. He y'all uh, connected. We connected. And yeah. then 
y'all went on a date. Was it a date? Meet up? Uh, hoop together. Okay, y'all played basketball together. Yeah. And then after that moment, month later, after he went back home, were y'all still connecting with each other, having conversations and all that? Yeah. Um, yeah, FaceTime. And so that's the thing, right? Um, somebody's action to one person could be misconstrued to another, Yeah. right? And I feel like sometimes, too, men um, like what they see. So I've I've had time to digest being ghosted, <laughs> digest uh, gaslighting, mm. uh, digest behavior that I just don't understand, right? And so I try to take accountability in um, giving grace to the whole situation, knowing people do do you wrong. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you can only operate out of love, you know, so long, but you have to create boundaries that are healthy for yourself. And one of the things that I admire most about you, have you ever talked publicly that you you do go to counseling and, and therapy and stuff like that? Because on the podcast, we talk about that all the time. And uh-huh. God has brought, like, it's a common theme with a lot of my guests that they are strong proponents uh, of, of therapy. Yeah. So uh, have you ever talked about that publicly? Uh, On my videos, just walking. Yeah. Yeah, I talk about it. Yeah. I like to help and teach as I learn. You know, going through the process. But therapy has been very uh, dynamic in my journey, even to um, vulnerability and being able to be open. What do you call vulnerability? Good question. (laughs) (laughs) You know, vulnerability to me is um, the ability to be open, true with yourself, um, honest and transparent with yourself first. And um, figuring out how to uh, transform that to others, right? And communicating in action and whatever. And so um, with my history, um, my parents was divorced, right? And so a lot of emotion I didn't um, get to experience for myself. So my heart was numb in areas. Yeah. So therapy has created a way for me to connect with emotions, that were dormant for a long time. Really? Yeah. And so now I'm able to say, hey, that hurt my feelings. Good. You know? Good. And whatever the outcome is, it's like, no, I, I released myself. I'm I'm Gucci. So how long how long you been doing that? How long you been uh seeing the therapist? Um, this so I went in twenty twenty. Then the pandemic happened. Mm-hmm. My therapist said, I'm out. <laughs> so she was like, "You can find somebody," and I was busy, so I'm like, "Eesh." Pause. So, so your therapy quit. Yeah, well, for a minute, she 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 needs somebody to talk to too. <laughs> um, and so I I went back. Maybe um, I started going back two or three months ago, and I found a really great. Hey, Amy, if you see this, there it is. <laughs> yeah. How 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 do you um. How do you feel like after your first day of going to therapy, mm-hmm. how did you feel? Um, you know, I had mixed emotions because you, you therapy creates the opportunity for you to look at areas that you don't normally agree to look at. And that's scary. And you're making a commitment to talk about these things and implement change, right? 
So my first day of therapy, I I had a list. I'm like, let me maximize this time. Let me. You get had this. a list that you walked in with. In my mind, mm. I was like, let me hit these bullet points that I know ain't working. <laughs> I know something ain't right there. <laughs> so I, I poured out. I'm like, okay, let's get this. You know. So at least you're self aware. I'm very self aware. I yes, absolutely. I can identify what's going on, <laughs> but change. <laughs> That that is something, and so that's the challenge. Absolutely, at least you know what it is, but the process of fixing it is where you struggle with. Yeah, that's that's where your will come in. <laughs> your will or mine? <laughs> My will be stronger than them. Be stronger than them, all. <laughs> right? <laughs> right, right. And so um, after I left, I I had mixed emotions because because I was agreeing to, um, and she asked really simple questions. That make you emotional because you don't think about it. And in therapy, you, sh- you try to be honest. So it's like, oh, shoot, you pulling on my heartstrings. How you doing? <laughs> you know? He's like, how you doing is a deep question. I mean, the simplicity, <laughs> but the effect, you know? And so, yeah. um, but I just made a commitment that I would go through with it, you know? And I think that's life. You just make commitments to to go through things and have faith and trust, regardless what it what it looked like, you know. Have you always desired marriage? Because you said you saw divorce at an early age. Mm-hmm. Did you did that still make you desire marriage, or how were you navigating through life in your twenties? So, um, the divorce made. Um, it had an effect on me in the way of not being able to open up to people, especially romantically. Right. Right? Because it's an intimate space in your heart. So I have, the Lord has blessed me with the ability to to make people feel warm and invited. And so I could talk to a guy and um, he, we share a lot of information, but I could walk away being like, dee Really? Yeah. So at the end of the day, he could feel strongly connected to you, but not really, you not really be connected to him? Emotionally. Really? Emotionally in safe places I could connect, right? But emotionally. And in, romantic. In hearts, yes. Yeah, you in like. Heart space. We just, we just c- c- conversing right now. Yeah. But we can talk about deep things, but, but, but I didn't allow myself to, my to, to go there. Exactly. All the way up to what age? Are you still there where you don't allow yourself to connect? No, I'm. I would say up to about 29. I'm 32 now. So the last three years, you've been open to receiving love when God ha- allows it to show up. Yeah, open and receiving. And I've always wanted to be married, right? That never changed. But the fear of um, failure, you know, the fear of abandonment, the fear, all those Fears that take place, and um, I mean, understandable. I mean, yeah. it makes all sense in the world. It makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. So, so figuring out um, what healthy looks like for me, and looking towards marriage, what I want that to be, versus knowing it don't have to be my parents' story, knowing it don't have to be you know my family member's story. So, um, yeah, it's been a process. Nothing is clean. You know, it's like even today, I, I'm I'm a lot better than I was. But you 
every day you have to clean that residue. Yes. Of of the past or of, you know, um, the mentality and even spiritual attacks. Like, you can't. Yeah. You won't. Yeah. Who are you? You know, that voice that we all, you know, experience. Hmm. When's the last time you've been in a serious relationship? How long ago was that? I didn't know this was going now. You didn't know what was going on? I didn't know. We, I guess, I mean, singleness, we do talk about stuff like this. <laughs> you know, I'm not ashamed. I'm I'm very um, comfortable. She's, <laughs> you got to encourage yourself. I'm not ashamed. I'm very comfortable. You said you didn't know we was going to talk about whether you were single and how long it's been since you've been single? Well, not the details. Well, I, I asked the details. So my last my last serious relationship, well, my last boyfriend um, was... I actually put it in my comedy, but um, college, I think my senior year. So when he was about 21, 22? 21, yeah, it's been 10 years. 10 years. So what was so hard to say that, Whitney? It just sounded like a decade. <laughs> That's all. Because it is a decade. It is a decade. It's, it's, a, it's a real decade. But I've, I've talked to guys um, throughout the end. Why does everything you say have a subtle Seinfeld comedy bent to it? Do it. <laughs> yeah. People have said that. It is, because you're like, I've talked to guys. Yeah. That's so funny. I Yeah, I've never seen a Seinfeld whole episode. So you think about <laughs> it. So you do you have guys that approach you? Because that's another thing. It ain't like you're some ugly chick. You're mm -hmm. a beautiful woman. Mm -hmm. So guys will shoot their shot. Mm -hmm. I can assume that, confirm that. Do guys shoot their shot at you? Yes. Often. Uh, yes. Via DM. Via DM. Yes. Via DM. Yes. And what is your response to that? Do you entertain any of those DMs, or are you kind of like, I want to meet him organically while I'm at Smoothie King or something? It would really be nice to meet somebody in real life, right? See how they move. They walk, got a little twitch to it. No, <laughs> no, no, no. But ideally, I would love to. <laughs> they walk got a little twitch. <laughs> Some extra sauce. I don't know if I like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> real life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, ideally, I would love to meet somebody in real life. Uh, that's funny how we got real life and virtual life or something. Like, it's the, it's the same thing. You just connect. Yeah. The, the initial introduction is, you know, virtually, but then you can meet in real life. You know, you tr that's true. But but you don't see, everybody don't post recent pictures. Everybody not honest in real time. Then you meet them, you be surprised. Like, whoa. What in the? Have you encountered that? Uh no no I have not I haven't I I used to do dating apps um a few years ago yep I I made some profiles put them out there seeing if I could get any catches sustainable catches because you know but dating apps can be overwhelming because everybody's there for different reasons yeah and it's like 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 yeah match match it's just oh it feels like I'm at a buffet that's exactly and what you're I'm at. not hungry. I kind of really want to Hold on, hold on, say that again. You said dating apps make you feel like you're at a buffet and you're not hungry. I'm not hungry for all this food. I probably shouldn't have paid and downloaded it. 
but I really want a steak and it ain't even here. <laughs> Ooh, eesh. <laughs> yeah, so I had to I had to let them go. Did you ever connect with anybody, meet them face to face? Yeah, I um uh yeah. So I that's the thing about singleness. You go through a lot of seasons. Yeah. Right? You can go through a season that's really hard. You really bitter. Yeah. You upset with everybody <laughs> and the Lord. <laughs> then you have a season where you surrender. You like, take me. I'm just here for you, Father. Use me however you want. But I'm getting old. <laughs> and then then you be in a season of like contentment. And I feel like I'm kind of there where I'm, you know how you force contentment? What people say. <laughs> Is you happy? You like, oh yeah. <laughs> Sun outside, my God, I'm so grateful. <laughs> you can go home and be crying. <laughs> like, whoa, what is happening? What's wrong with me? No. That's so, what you're enough. You're forced contentment. Nope. <laughs> I'm in I'm in sincere contentment. Sincere contentment now. And so with that, you know, um, Cause the thing about it is, I I could be married, right? I could be married with children, living a life that maybe I'm not happy with, right? <laughs> so, um, right now I'm I'm really happy with experiencing um, the fullness and becoming whole. Yes. Right. So looking at those areas where, hey, I don't really like the way my heart functioned right there. So let me. Lord, what is that about? So that I can be able to articulate when I am in a you know friendship, relationship, marriage, what what my function looks like. What my function looks like on the inside. Yeah, yeah. No, what does that mean? So for me, my function means my love flow. So my heart flow, right? I feel like the heart um, can get clogged. By a lot of things in life, right? And so, like unforgiveness, you know, pride, um, you know, just things that can clog your heart, um, or maybe not even knowing how to express yourself, knowing how to talk about things without it being an argument. Yeah. Going crazy. Yeah. You know, let's just talk regular volume. And if you don't know how your voice shake, you can write it down. Mm. You know, having patience in those areas because Growing up in a household that was really um, violent at times where the police be called, mm. you know, my nervous system reacts. Yeah. Because my heart remembers. Yes. Right. And so situations now I have to realize is everybody won't react like that. Right. So for me, I have to be patient with myself. You know, maybe I might have to send you a voice note to get everything out effectively in love. And hopefully you can meet me there. Yes. You know what I mean? And have grace with with everybody because we all trying to figure it out. My love flow. Yeah. I like that. I like that. So um, when you, as you've been navigating through these dating streets mm-hmm. and this single life, what has been the one thing, and I know God probably showed you a lot of stuff <laughs> about you, but what is the one thing that God taught you about you that made you the most uncomfortable to receive? Hmm. 
taught me about me that made me the most uncomfortable to receive from him. Yes. Um, because you said something earlier where you said that, yeah, I'm very self-aware, yeah. but that don't mean I really want to change those things. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so what, what, what were that? What were one of those things? So one of the things that the Lord revealed to me is receiving love. Mm. Yeah. The um. So when you deal with abandonment and different things, you survive, right? And and you maybe be, <clears throat> become a, a very well lover, mm-hmm. right? I show up for everybody. You can call me. I could help you, you know. But then when you need help, um, how is your heart's disposition, right? Or even if I'm in need and somebody wants to help me, am I able to receive? Right? Do I feel worthy of love in that way? And um, with that, I've I've had to just be honest with myself. And what I'm learning is um, it's in moments, right? The moments are what change everything. So I won't get it right all the time. But I, I, I'm a good communicator, and I'm very self-aware. So if I have somebody who, who's able to try, like I'm able to try, and we're all figuring it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like um, receiving love has been, it's been interesting. Um, but I know in marriage, that's, that's part of it, you know? And, and two, knowing how I want to receive love. So I've been open with my friendships and expressing, hey, I don't really feel valued that way. Can you um, do this and see it? I'm kind of figuring it out. They be like, oh, sure, because that's what love is. You know, it's, it's no, you need to know this. Yeah. Come in yeah. here with me. It's like, no, I, I, I didn't even know that. What, do you, what, what did you learn about our friendship? About our friendship? Yeah. You know, what did I learn about our friendship? You know, you are a giver, right? And um, you're very open and you're so great at connecting with people. Um, on a deeper level than regular and it's genuine and um, and so what I learned from you is is honestly how to receive love because you've given things you know that you didn't have to whether it was advice whether you know whatever it is and so um, I've learned too that um, men can be genuine have great intention it not be perverted, you know, just true purity right. in relationship. And for that, I'm grateful, too. It's never been ulterior motives with you. And so that's that's been a blessing for me to experience. It was interesting. I remember the, when our first conversations or whatever, early on, I gave you access to to upgrade your videos on YouTube. And I said, here, all these plugins I've bought over yeah. here, hundreds, hundreds of dollars worth of stuff. Yeah. Here, here's a login. Have fun. Yeah. What did you think of that moment when I did that? You know, I was like, wow. <laughs> you know, and you're, but that's you. you. You're a giver. And you're so open. And I feel like people who get to know you just know that about you. Yeah. You know, even your conversations, you know, you, it's no secrecy. You know, At you're just all. really open. Yeah. And I, I think that's a superpower, you know. And I think, too, it's like having... Wisdom, obviously, with your knowing your characters around you. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
for sure. Because <laughs> that's how you get stabbed quick. Real quick. Close. You bleed. You be like, I tried to help them. They done slotted me. Word. Been there, though. I've been there enough to get hurt by people that I had good intentions with. And I've learned God always reminded me of Jesus that, mm. you know, he had a Judas. But even your Judas, your Judases could elevate you to the next level. And so, so it's like I always look at it. Uh, God spoke a word to me last Sunday mm-hmm. where he says your haters will become your elevators. Mm-hmm. That that you can have somebody that's sitting right alongside of you, that they're thinking that they're killing you or assassinating your character. But what they're actually doing is elevating you to the next level because you have to go through betrayal. You have to go through uh, pain and afflictions in order for God to elevate you to the next level. And so with you, what I saw in you early on, when I connected with you, you only had 30,000 Instagram followers and I ain't even on it because that's still a whole lot. Um, But I saw in you, I said, this girl has so much purpose over her life, Mm -hmm. and I don't want her to get discouraged in the process before the promise. And so if I could add some words of encouragement, if I can give her a little nudge, give her help, give her some resources so that I could help her become all that God called her to be, then that's our reasonable service because God created me to be a destiny helper as well. Um, And then the destiny helper is to come along people that I can see their destiny and say, God, what would you have me to do? And so initially I just called, talk to you, give you words of advice, give you encouragement. Hey girl, don't give up. I'm telling you, you got that sauce. I'm telling you, you're going to blow up. Yeah, but I ain't making no money doing it. I don't care. I'm still working nine to five. I don't care about all that. This is the process before the promise. Don't Don't give up. Don't give up. And even our conversation that we had a couple of days ago where you're like, I think I'm going to take a social media break. Are you still planning on doing that? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. She's still on the fence. I said, well, listen, Mm. we've been talking about you coming doing this podcast. You can take this break after you do the podcast. But you, I believe that God wants to use you to speak to people that are in your present situation and to give encouragement. And then you can do whatever you want to do. You can take a break or whatever. And then this video just exists to encourage people. Let them know there ain't nothing wrong with you. You know what I'm saying? For sure. Because I've... I've, I've, um, talk to friends who follow people on social media, yeah. influencers, and they just disappear. Yeah. And then you find out years later they were battling depression. You find yeah. out that they were suicidal. And yeah. these people be having millions of followers that you look up to and be like, gosh, you're so amazing. Yeah. And then you don't realize that privately to carry the the mantle of being an influencer mm-hmm. that that title in and of itself comes under attack because the devil be like, all right, if I can if I can destroy you, because the sure. thief coming but the kill still and destroy. If mm-hmm. I can build you up to have this level of following yeah. and then I can destroy you on a high level, then I can make all these other people that are following you lead in in, in depression as well. Yeah. So that's why I say I understand when you need to take uh breaks for mental you know break. mental health or whatnot. Sure. Um but why do you feel because you said something very uh, true uh, during our conversation, is that why do you feel like you should take a break uh, during the season? So um, <clears throat> I feel like social media is very interesting, right? It's a place where you could scroll and you could see somebody crying literally on TikTok about something very traumatic. Then the next scroll, you, you see somebody throwing a cat out the window. Right. Then the next scroll, you see some on the news that's very traumatic. Yeah. So so all of these things were intaking quickly. Right. And so for some, it's created anxiety. It's created, obviously, comparison. You know, my life not like X, Y, Z. 
um, for influencers, it could feel like I need to keep up. I need to keep up. And so with my creative flow, how, cause God give me stuff all the time. I just put it on my phone, you know? Yeah. And so what I'm learning in this season is, um, to just spend more time with him. Right. And sometimes it's not easy to have that balance with social media. And, and so, you know, I feel like disconnecting from social media and reconnecting with yourself, with, you know, things around you that matter outside of the WWW. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And yeah. so, so for me, it's, it's just taking a, a mental break away from it all. That don't mean I'm not going to make skits. Yeah. You know, it, it's just figuring out what that balance look like. That's healthy. Cause social media will most likely be my source of income and whatever the Lord do with it, you know? Yeah. And so creating that healthy relationship and um, valuing time with the Lord and, you know, we all getting older. So figuring out that foundation for ourselves, <laughs> you know, reading the Bibles, praying, yeah, creating time versus waking up like, oh, son. yeah, you know? Yeah. So it's habits that um, I just want to shift. And you feel, how long have you been feeling this shift coming? Um, it's It's been a while, a couple weeks. Do you feel depleted? I don't feel depleted. Um, I mean, I have stuff in my draft that I can post. You know, I have, I, I got ammo. <laughs> you know, um, I just, <laughs> I just feel like, um, I feel like where the Lord wants to take me is just important for me to create a more intimate space with him. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so I can get my equipment. Yeah. You know, he the, he the, um, coach. Mm -hmm. So you come in the room and be like, what I need, what I need for this next season. Yeah. You know, he, um, I was spending time with him the other day. Sometime he'd tell me to grab my journal and I just journal what I hear him say. And, uh, he was just saying, you anointed for the next season. Yes. You know, so it's like he affirms me when I take time to listen. Yes. And and build that relationship. And um, that's what I'm enjoying to get to know him better and trust him in places that that sometimes my heart hasn't believed. You know, and being patient with that process and two, even understanding that because some people be like, God can't disappoint you, you know, he, he he's a good good father. He is, you know, and and he he has the best intentions for you. His yeah. plans are to prosper you. Yeah, bring you to an expected end. But your life does not. Oh my God. Oh my God. Bruh, we gonna keep this, <laughs> nigga. I can't even reach him, bro. This is. <laughs> <laughs> this is beyond embarrassing. Wait a minute. Don't be laughing. Life be like, wait a minute.
down. I didn't pin it down. Why are you pin it down? I hate this for me. I love it because I'm going to keep it. <laughs> you going to keep it? I hate this for me. I'm going to keep it. He's just singing like this funny. I just, y'all I really do have a lot of hair. Um, yeah, she, she really do. I do. I, traveling, you just... You need something for, for the moment. I couldn't even reach it. <laughs> and that's sometimes what the Lord do, you know? <laughs> he just set up things where you just don't know. But you trust the moment. You're going to keep this? I'm going to keep it. Jesus. Jesus, help us. Help me when you press upload, Father. <laughs> I hate this for me, y'all. <laughs> but you know the cool thing about it, everybody wear wigs, so it ain't no big deal. That's true. Yeah, it's like it'd be different if this was oh about My twenty years ago. <laughs> you see your leg pop? I'm like, that girl got one leg. Got one leg. Oh I God. ain't know that. Wow, that's wild. That was a serious moment. That was a very serious, heartfelt moment. Oh, Jesus. Okay, so Whitney. I'm happy I'm a comedian. Exactly. So as you spend time more with God. Wow, where were we? Where were we? Um, Yes. Yes. When you spend more time with the Lord, Jesus. He has the hairs numbered on your head. Absolutely. He he really do. And you know, that moment happened for whatever reason. Because in the back room, I said, you know, I'll be straight. I ain't going to be moving that much. I'm stationary. Right? But them laughs earlier took it to a different level. And, and now we're here. Now we're here. Mm-hmm. We're here. Um, so, Whitney, have you ever made up like this timetable in your mind where you said, I want to be married by this age? Have you ever played that game with yourself? Absolutely. And what age was that? That was at least mid-20s. So you said, I'm going to be married by... 25. By 25. Yeah. And when 25 came, were you in a relationship at that time? No. I was uh, in a talking ship. He was in a talking ship. Mm -hmm. Uh So he was talking to somebody. Yeah, he he was a great guy. But we didn't make it. Yeah, I didn't make it. Yeah, he's married with children. (laughs) To God be the glory. (laughs) Okay, I won't won't play no more. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 25, I thought, yeah. He's married with kids. Yep. To God be the Lord. Kids. Yes. Mm-hmm. Plural. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I was like, you know, I could at least start having babies in the 20s, so I could I could be mobile. When, in your 30s. When, yeah. Yeah. 10 years, I'm still young. Yeah, you know, you think about the timeline. Because people have kids to kind of figure out their timeline. <laughs> so mine is like my cameras. I bought this when I was... <laughs> Well, this is when I was 19. He said you bought your camera. Yeah. So we kind of, I build a relationship with different things, you know? Like, oh, shoot. I bought this camera when I was 19, and I've gotten a good three years out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then yeah, I, I had another stuff. camera. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you have a relationship with items. <laughs> and people, relationships, you know, family. We all getting older, so we remember stuff together. <laughs> Whitney, why are you like you so old? You're not old. I'm not. I don't feel old. You keep saying we're getting older. You know, I, I have a friend that I, I've been friends with for 20 years. And I saw her. I said, whoa, two decades. That's crazy. Why you count everything by decades? So that's what it was. <laughs> if it was a decade, I couldn't say it. <laughs> you keep talking about, I ain't been in a relationship in a whole decade. Yeah. Oh, yep. Yeah. That checks out. 
hope they get some fruit from this. <laughs> they all gonna get some fruit. They gonna get a whole lot of fruit. They gonna get a whole lot of fruit. <laughs> Just make sure his mug stay equipped. Lord have mercy. You know when something happening, you be like, this ain't real. But it be real. My whole wig cap. I hate this for me. <laughs> Did you say you hate this for you? I hate this for me. Oh, God. In yeah, your I'm preference, would you want me to edit it out and leave it in? Do whatever the Lord <laughs> leads you to do. I've surrendered this interview. <laughs> I prayed before the start. I said, Lord, have your way. Dead go. <laughs> oh. But there, that's my son over there, my nephew's son over there. He mm-hmm. wanted to laugh so bad, he keep holding it. <laughs> Well, listen. Oh, yeah. So as you continue navigating through this, mm-hmm. these uh, dating streets, the, the doors of the church are open. You're open to uh, receiving love. You're open to taking dates, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. So you're you're actively open to yes. receiving love uh, as you continue to go through this journey of self-healing, self-evaluation, uh, mm-hmm. uh, tapping into higher levels of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um I don't like asking people what they're looking for in a, in a mate because I don't want to say that. And mm-hmm. the reason why, and I was almost tempted to say it, the reason mm-hmm. why is because narcissism is real. Yeah. And so if you go give somebody the blueprint of, of your heart, then sure. they, they show up and they're everything that you just said that you wanted. You yeah. know, and you're like, I want a man that's this, this, this. He shows up and be like, hello, I am such and such I and such, 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 such. You be like, that's everything I wanted. Yeah. It's like, no, we're not going to play these games. Um, but... Um, when you think about marriage, mm-hmm. why do you want to be married? So, um, wow, I haven't said I want to be married out loud in a long time. Because um, it's a desire. But after a while, I feel like being single, you, you, your heart can be hardened to even some words, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I want to be married. There it is. Break <laughs> it. Break yeah. It. Um, because I feel like marriage... Um, it's certain things in marriage that you can fulfill that you really can't in singleness. So so I'm operating in my purpose, right? I'm building a great relationship with myself so that I'm capable to still maintain a healthy relationship in marriage. But um, I desire marriage to be fruitful, right? Um, children and fruitful um, in the world, right? To To... To glorify God. It's, I feel like marriages are testimonies of God's goodness, you know? And that's not to say singles aren't, you know, blessed, yeah. highly favored, but it's it's a beautiful thing um, to come together and be one, you know? Um, and, and when God opens that door, I'm, hey. You in that thing? High knees. You in that thing? <laughs> Did you say high knees? High knees. Another double <laughs> entendre and sexual innuendo. Oh, eesh. <laughs> See, I'm thinking. You thinking I'm about a retired jump. hooper? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> but you put marriage in there, and that's true. High knees. Um, <laughs> so that's true. That's valid. And you talking about being fruitful and having kids and it's part of it. Yeah, Whitney, you just did it again. Um, that's just that's what that's what just happens. Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> So um, so you really look at marriage as fulfilling the will of God and the purpose being magnified in your life. Um, how so? 
Because I know you said that as a single person, mm -hmm. you still feel like you're fulfilling God. Singles are fulfilling the will of God, right? Mm -hmm. But what does marriage do on a different level that you believe the single season doesn't do? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, just dealing with love, I feel like, because you can learn to love yourself, right? You could um, teach people how to love you around you, your friends, family. But with marriage, I feel like it's an opportunity um, for refinement, right? Yes. So, you know, um, each other growing in love and being the face of God in moments for each other, right? The Bible says two are better than one. So it's like um, experiencing that in its fullness and having joy and happiness, right? I feel like... Um, Granted, you can have them in singleness as well, but I think marriage sometimes unlocks parts of us too that we don't even know, right? Because a person is, is an opportunity for the person to unlock parts of your heart, you know? Then it affects you in a different way. My creativity may be different, you know? And it and so I, I think it's, it's like God's way of sprinkling his goodness to you daily, right? And and being able to practice patience, long suffering, all the fruits of the spirit. Yes. Together. Yes. So yeah. when I say you killed that response, because when I tell you the main thing that marriage does is when you hit the word refine, mm. because you live with a perpetual mirror in your household. For sure. You are reflecting each other's goodness and each other's flaws. Yeah. And so you see it in real time. Mm -hmm. You can get mad about it. You can get upset. You can say, I don't want to look in this mirror anymore. But that's what your spouse is there for. Yeah. And it's a pruning process. There's no other relationship that reflects you to you. It yeah. just, it just, it just is not. Even in a parental relationship, they're parenting you, they get you to a certain level, and then you go on about your business, but they no longer share that space with you, uh, living in the same home or whatnot. You go yeah. off and hopefully you marry somebody else, and you know, so your life has changed, the dynamics have changed. But in marriage, yeah, you literally wake up to that person. You're sleeping with that person. Yeah. You're sharing intimate, physical time with that person. Uh, financial, everything is an open book. Word. And there's no other relationship that you're involved in that meets you on all those intricate levels as a spouse does. Yeah. And so um, I love when you say refinement. Um, and it's, and it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. And so that's why we have to get to a place. Um, the fact that you can answer that question properly is is proof perfect that you're at the position in the heart posture where you're ready for marriage. Mm -hmm. Because once you're able to articulate, a lot of times people want something mm -hmm. but don't even understand the uh, the job description. For sure. You know, it's like me going to go apply for a job and then they, and I go, what y'all want me to you want me to work? Yeah. Like I, my son Armani started working. He had a job at Jamba Juice last year. He started working there, mm -hmm. and then he quit six weeks later, saying they over here. He said my boss is sitting down all the time, and and while we working, I said, Eesh. I said, uh, son, um, that's the boss. 
Right. I mean, he ain't doing nothing. I said, you don't even know what he's doing because all yeah. you've been trained to do is make smoothies. What you mm-hmm. don't understand what he's doing while he's sitting down there doing nothing. Mm-hmm. He's looking at the his laptop, trying to figure out the schedules, navigating so-and-so got to be off because they got to go do something at a school event. Yeah. And then so-and-so needs to come in. And can he go ask so-and-so to come in early on this day to uh-huh. cover the shift, ordering product, making sure this inventory, yes. because this inventory didn't come in on the right day. So he got to navigate this. He's navigating customer complaints because this happen and whether he all this stuff that you have no idea about and i said because your job description you're not even filling your own job description which is learn these this recipe for smoothies yeah and make these doggone smoothies that's it so sometimes we're looking for marriage and we don't even know how to be a friend like you said earlier you can't be married if you don't even understand what a friend is and you said there's so many dynamics just in the word friend yes but if you don't understand the dynamics of friendship you're going to get married and you won't even show up as a friend. That's so good. Ooh, ish. That's, you know, and I think too hard work. You know, it's it's hard when somebody calls you out. Yes. And putting your pride aside is hard. 100%. Being accountable can be hard. So if I'm in a friendship with somebody and I'm asking them these things and you're not down for it, you, you, <laughs> you know, every time I'm like direct and you like, huh? Like, you know, we can't. So that that's so good because yeah. I hear all the time that marriage is hard. Yeah. And and I feel like we don't have hard workers in singleness and mm. figuring out, you know, those details. And why why don't I like accountability? You know, why my pride keeps standing up every time is, you know, let me figure that out. At where accountability is good. <clears throat> I had a conversation with my friend uh Darian and Bruce. Uh, they were on the podcast first season. Uh, we just celebrated her 40th birthday uh, a few days ago. Nice. And she was saying, I hear people talking about marriage is hard, but it's not hard for us. Mm-hmm. That's because they did the work in their single season so that good. you understand that marriage is a bonus. Yeah. They said that anything from that God brings to you is not going to be hard. It may be challenging sometimes, but yeah. it's not hard yeah. because God <laughs> equipped you with the resources if you took advantage of those resources that he was providing, gave you resources to navigate it a whole lot easier than those that don't have God involved in their relationships. And so even in the perception that they gave us, I was just like, wow. I said, so we got to be very careful about how we articulate certain stuff Mm. instead of saying, oh, marriage is hard work. Marriage is hard work. You know, and it's like, so you tell me God blessed you with the desires of your heart, gave you a purpose partner that's going to walk alongside with you. And the Bible says one can chase away a thousand and two can set 10,000 demons to flight. And it's hard when you can do 10 times as much as you can do by yourself. Yeah. It's harder. No, it's not hard. It's supposed to be a whole lot easier because y'all come into agreement. Now, if y'all have no agreement, oh, now it's hard. Because not only am I fighting against you, or not only am I fighting against the world, so to uh-huh. speak, and the, and the problems of the world, but I'm fighting against you too. Yeah. And the Bible says a house divided against itself cannot stand. And yeah. so now you you got turmoil in your own house. You're trying to deal, navigate whatever's going on at your job. You're dealing with stuff with your kids and dealing. So now, yeah, that's that's hard. But yeah. it, it's hard with the absence of God. That's so good. And so one of the things that I admire about you is that you don't take yourself seriously, do you? I was just thinking that. I I was just thinking how relationships are so serious sometimes. Even disagreements are so serious. It's all or nothing. How dare you? You know? And and so it's like if we could have grace. Yes. Grace, just grace. It don't have to be so, you know, 
hard and difficult. Yeah. You know, and so that's important too, not taking things too serious. Obviously, marriage relationships is a serious matter, but you know, um, laughing. Knowing that we all human, we all don't have it together, you know, and so them just details, I feel like will be helpful. Yeah. You said the details? <laughs> yeah. He said he says all the details. You said at the very beginning is all in the details. Yeah. Um as you continue, what projects do you have coming up? Oh, wow. That's a good question. So I just finished up uh, my first feature film, co-written by Joseph E. Banks. Good. And he's directed it, and uh, I acted in it. Um, and so that's called She's Such a Lady. She's Such a Lady. So you're the lead character? No, I am. Um, the lead character is Jackie Wade, but I'm one of her friends. Okay. Yep. So um, first time experiencing like nice equipment and stuff. Um, and so the web series, the wit series, uh, season two, we're finishing up uh, really soon. That's all, and uh, they can look at that on YouTube, on yep. YouTube channel. Sign up for YouTube channel. Yes, YouTube. Subscribing to her YouTube channel. Subscribing to her YouTube channel. Subscribing. Jesus. <laughs> but why do you think? <laughs> I, I always wonder. I wonder why is it so hard for people to actually subscribe to something that's free? I what don't think know. What do you think that know. is? I don't know. That's. Cause think about it, you have how many subscribe, how many followers you have on Instagram? One hundred seventy-seven k, I believe. One hundred seventy-seven thousand, and how many uh, subscribers do you have on your YouTube? YouTube. I want to say twelve fifty. About twelve. One thousand. Twelve hundred fifty. No. Twelve hundred fifty. That's what I'm saying. One thousand two hundred fifty. <laughs> These numbers be getting me. What am I saying? So you got 177,000 on Instagram and a 1250 on YouTube. Yeah, but but in in the lack of support's defense. Because you don't I'm be still posting. Figuring it out. Yeah, you're still trying I'm to figure it out. out. And that's YouTube. what I've been encouraging you to do to figure out what is your voice going to be on YouTube because yeah. YouTube has a distinct voice. Uh how you uh present your content on For YouTube sure. has to be different from just an Instagram reel or whatnot. So, I mean, we're going to help you navigate through that. <laughs> Um, and so you have the web series and mm -hmm. um, anything else? So besides that, you know, I'm, I'm excited to start writing shorts. I actually started writing my first feature, but I want to get into shorts so that I can learn more about camera work, um, even my artistic uh, vision. So you want to be more of a director? Uh, yeah. So you, cause you, so will you be the, shooting yourself? Well, I would most likely be in them, but yeah. but I would love to just shoot. I love storytelling and writing. Yeah. Um, before I started doing skits, I used to just write jokes. So I was like, let me just act these jokes out because I don't got nobody. So that's how I started doing skits. Oh, uh, really? Mm -hmm. So you started off as a writer-director and then said, well, I ain't got the talent got to, to, to do this, so I'll, be the, I'll become the talent. Yeah. And it was easy for me. So, but yeah, I love storytelling. And so hold on. So you never had aspirations to be a comedian? No, not at all. I, I've always, people just laugh at me. Whether it's my voice or my delivery. I think it's, I think it's 100% your delivery. It's like, because it's, it sounds, yeah, I don't know what that is. You have a lot of built-in uh, comedy in your voice. And it's a mm -hmm. lot of sarcasm that's what it is yeah yeah you're very sarcastic and you only know if you try to be sarcastic you just sound like it all the time people don't take me serious sometimes too so comedy has allowed people to laugh 
and for me to keep trying to be serious. But but I've learned the dry humor. You know, I come from a family of clowns. Like my mom and dad are so funny, super silly. So we we grew up in a sarcastic household. too. Yeah. So that's just natural. And so that's what my comedy kind of look like. <sighs> well, listen, man, it's been an honor talking to you. Um, any last words you want to say? Because you 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 drop a lot of these videos about flirting as a single person, mm-hmm. uh, these reflective moments where you're walking and uh, and you be dropping some gems when you really be talking about when you go into your serious moments and reflecting about God and mm-hmm. and who you are as a person and what God has you on in this journey. Uh, so mm-hmm. I just want to take a moment because I was about to close it out, but I want I want to give you a reflective moment. Mm-hmm. I want to give you a reflective moment, whatever comes to your mind. That's your camera right there. Look at that camera and act like you walking around with your, with your cell phone um, in the park and have a conversation. You know, what I would want to say to anybody who's watching is don't give up on yourself. And so what I mean by that is don't abandon your journey when, when you feel less than, when you feel rejected, when you feel abandoned. Know that there's love accessible to you, right? Even when your heart can't see it, there is an existence of love for you. And so with that love, you show yourself grace. Even when you're beating yourself up, show yourself grace. Figure out how to be your best friend, your biggest cheerleader, and um, just don't abandon the journey because it's worth it. Right. The love on the other side is so worth it. And when you get ounces of that, keep it, keep it tight because it's a reminder that you are able to be loved. You know, you are able to receive love and exist in a healthy um, ecosystem yourself. Right. Regardless of what goes on. So I would just say, don't give up. Don't give up on your journey because it even though you can't see it. He working it out. Yes. And that's truly what I believe when I can't see. Don't give up. Simple message, but so rich. Don't give up. Yeah. Are you encouraging yourself as you're encouraging other people? For sure. 100%. We always, uh, when we're dropping gems and knowledge, uh, it always comes from a place that it has to first be applicable to our own story. Absolutely. Um, I'll ask you this. I'll unpack that. When did you want to give up? And how did you navigate out of that space? So I think wanting to give up can look like not expressing yourself. Yeah. Um, It could look like um, abandoning your opinion. It could look like going along and being a yes person. Mm. Because people might not value me outside of that. You know? And so I had moments where um, I expressed how I felt or I took a stand and said no. And people weren't for it, right? So you're already having this anxiety about doing it. And then it's not received. So it's like, man, what for what? Sheesh. You yeah. know, I thought this would be a different outcome. And so in those moments, you can give up. Um, but for myself, I've, I've truly learned to just be nice to myself and caring. Love is patient. Love is kind. So I've learned to apply that to myself first, love patience and kindness right so i can't i can't say a specific moment i think it's just moments throughout the journey that's good yeah 
Ooh, I like it. I'm glad I asked you that last question. Well, listen, <laughs> Whitney, it's been an honor to talk to you, to laugh with you in moments that were unpredictable. Eesh. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but uh, thank you for being the true champ and um, just being vulnerable, sharing stuff that I don't take it lightly, stuff that you typically don't share publicly with people. I take that as an honor. And so I just want to thank you for uh, having this conversation. Hey, y'all give it up for my homie, Whitney, on the Dear Future Wifey podcast. For sure. <laughs> Ladarian thrusted suddenly into Child Protective Services in 2015. My nephew, black, a boy. The likelihood of being adopted outside of kinship, slim to none. Armani, 16 years old, black, a boy, with five years in the foster care system before I even knew his name. The likelihood of ever being adopted, yep, you guessed it, slim to none. While Ladarian and Armani were trying to survive and barely thrive in an overpopulated and underfunded foster care system, I was living my own life, doing well professionally. Having been a single father with a daughter who at that point was doing well in college, it was my time to live my life, right? Wrong. I felt unsettled, tireless, agitated. There are just too many of our black children stuck in ambiguity and in the limbo of the foster care system. In 2017, I legally adopted my nephew, Ladarian. Fast forward to 2019, I had no ties to this other young king, but I felt God instructed me to adopt him also, and I obeyed. Starting over with parenting should have been enough, right? Working with various foster care and adoption agencies to help bring awareness to the countless young black kings in the foster care system should have decreased my agitation, right? Joining the board of directors of Advantage Adoption, an organization that helps find permanent adoptive homes for children in foster care should have led to some type of resolve, right? No, not at all. None of it felt like I had done enough. I now realize that every one of those experiences was laying the fundamental foundation for my life's mission, Kingdom Royale. Kingdom Royale will be a luxury, state-of-the-art home for foster boys. Our first location will be in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We will utilize the whole person approach that instills identity, empowers them to advocate for themselves, and enlightens them regarding new perspectives and limitless options that they thought were impossible. Though the young kings will attend the local public schools that are in proximity to Kingdom Royale, our at-home curriculum will broaden their worldview through participating in the arts, attending various cultural events, learning about and engaging in multifaceted discussions about current events and even relevant historical contexts, introducing them to gardening and landscaping and even caring for our animals on our farm and on-site stables. We just launched our startup capital campaign with the goal of raising $2.8 million. Now, why $2.8 million? Well, in 2017, I created a web series in which I performed random acts of kindness for targeting the homeless community. One of the most notable successes was that one of the videos went viral, garnering 28 million views. However, one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't raise a single dollar to help in implementing a more sustainable plan for the homeless community. So throughout the years, with much remorse, I reflected on not maximizing that moment. I knew if at that time, just 10% of the viewers donated $1, we would have raised at least $2.8 million that could have really established long-term support for the homeless community, or at least started a long-term initiative to do so. 
This is my do-over. This is our new beginning. Together, we can attack this at the root by specifically helping our homeless black boys who are already disproportionately represented in the American foster care system. I'm LaTaris R. Whitfield. I've been nominated for three regional Emmys documenting my work with the homeless as well as my personal adoption journey. Despite those accolades, the greatest award for me is truly providing the infrastructure for a transformed life. Visit KingdomRoyale.com for more details. Crown a king and make a donation today. When I tell you I really enjoyed talking to Whitney today, uh, and of course I laughed my butt off when her wig fell off. Uh, that was funny. Dad joke. What did the floor say to her head? Let's get wiggy with it. <laughs> Tough crowd. Anyway, here's my favorite part of the podcast where I speak to my future wifey. Dear future wifey, I was looking on Instagram the other day when I saw a photo shoot of a couple. Their professional photo was taken while the two of them sat on steps. They faced the camera with her left arm wrapped around his bicep as the side of her head rested delicately on his right shoulder. I was drawn to her eyes. Her subtle gaze was so peaceful. As a photographer, I know when a photo is contrived. This image was not. She was at peace. She's been loved well. My queen, you will be loved well. I overstand the importance of adoring you, covering you, and cultivating the best version of you. It's imperative that I become the best version of myself to develop the tools to extract the best version of you, your future hubby. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Remember, be lit, live intentionally and transparently, and don't stop loving. Make sure to subscribe to our Dear Future Wifey YouTube channel. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We welcome your support. Simply share our podcast with your friends and family.